Welcome to the JNR Basketball Podcast. My name is John. We're joined by Ronnie, and let's take a quick look at some of the latest news in the NBA. We saw that Magic Johnson tweeted that the number six should be retired across the league, similar to what the Major League Baseball did with Jackie Robinson's number 42. And just a couple of days later, the NBA commissioners agreed, and number six is going to be retired across the board. There's going to be a, a Clover logo with number six on all the NBA courts next season. And anyone that's currently wearing number six is grandfathered in, but there will be no new players allowed to wear number six. So it'll be interesting to see what players continue to wear number six that were grandfathered in and which players decide to not wear number six uh, out of respect. And I don't know if it's a respect thing as much as it is, you know, why did LeBron pick number six when he came to LA? Was it out of respect for Bill Russell? I'm not sure on the background of that Uh, with number 42, you know, Mariano Rivera wore number 42. He was the last player to wear number 42. He picked that number specifically because of Jackie Robinson. So if those players are wearing it for that reason, that's great. If you're not wearing it for that reason, I feel like that's maybe maybe an opportunity to switch numbers uh, for that reason. In other news, still no NBA schedule out yet, although there is leaks going around. And it does seem like we're going to get a Memphis-Golden State game on Christmas Day. That's really exciting. I think that's the matchup everybody wanted to see. There's been a lot of chirping between John Morant and Draymond Green, and I think the NBA should absolutely capitalize on some of that. Uh, They're back at it again on Twitter saying that, hey, we got what we wanted, and uh, it sounds like Draymond invited him over for for Christmas dinner. Uh, So it seems like they've buried the hatchet a little bit, or at least... uh, publicly they they are pretending that this is what they wanted so it'll be interesting to see if that actually comes true and see what other top games top matchups we have to look forward to in this NBA season so in the last podcast we talked a little bit about tampering and what you know that the league was investigating the Knicks and the 76ers but we didn't really define what tampering was at least in those specific examples so I just wanted to do a quick go back on those yeah so for the Knicks specifically they're being investigated because uh, you cannot speak to a potential free agent until the free agent window opens. Jalen Brunson was still a member of the Dallas Mavericks. They still own his rights. They can still talk to him and try to negotiate an extension uh, or re-sign in this case. So other teams are not allowed to talk to them. They would be violating uh, the collective bargaining agreement where Dallas has the ability and only Dallas has the ability to speak to him on that. So if the Knicks engage with a conversation with Jalen Brunson prior to that expiration, then that would be tampering in this case. They cannot speak to a free agent until the free agency window begins. And then every team has an equal opportunity. Now he may have an opinion where, you know, he may not answer the call when, when Oklahoma city calls, uh, he, he he's free to do that once the free agency window begins, but he is not allowed and teams are not allowed to speak with each other uh, prior to that window. So uh, we talked about how his dad is assistant coach, which yeah. kind of adds another layer of, of difficulty to that. But you cannot talk about anything related to potential signings, destinations, what your head, where your head is um, if, if you're if you're part of that Knicks organization. So that is what they're being investigated for. So Ray, real quick, do you know how long the, like since his dad worked for the Knicks, how long does he have where he, he, he can't talk to his dad? Like how, how long does he have to wait? Well, he could talk to his dad. He just can't talk about, uh, I mean, the season ended and then free agency started what a couple of months later. So during that time, you can't, you can't discuss contracts yeah. or, or anything like that. I was just thinking, like, if, is there a way where he just could not talk to him for, like, the, what is it called, the moratorium? 
Yeah. Heart, well, you know, for the, morat- the moratorium, yeah. Because that lasts for like a week I mean, or two. I, I've I've gone significantly longer than that without talking to my dad. So <laughs> right. It's certainly possible. Yeah. So yeah, just kind of wondering about that. Yeah. No, that's that's an interesting case because of of the relationship that he has with his father. So uh, I don't know if they're just doing their due diligence because of that relationship or if you know the only reason you would know about this is someone internally complained or or, or leaked that information. Yeah. Uh, or it's suspicious that as soon as free agency began, he had an agreement in place with the Knicks. Uh, there's no way that could have been negotiated and, and arranged prior to the free agency window opening. And I think that's the case here. Right. Now, the Sixers are in a very different boat, a very different situation, because they did have the rights to James Harden. They're allowed to discuss contracts with James Harden. What's being investigated is if there is a unofficial deal that's going on with James Harden. And we talked about how the speculation is that James Harden will opt out of his contract at the end of this year and sign a bigger, longer-term contract with the 76ers next year, and that they made this arrangement so that they had more flexibility in signing this year. Yeah. Now, that would be a violation of the collective bargaining agreement. They cannot agree to uh, something unofficially. It all has to be in the contract. So if there is sort of a wink-wink, nod-nod deal in place – that would also be considered tampering because then you're not on a, a level playing field with the other teams, uh, assuming the other teams are are following that role. So those are the two cases of tampering that are being investigated for this case. Both are considered tampering, but very different reasons. Uh, one is a violation of the free agency window. The other is sort of a unofficial deal that, that may be in place. Yeah, it's weird how there's so many ways that you could tamper and you know get in trouble for it and lose a first round draft pick over it. Or is it second round that they... That you typically lose. I know it, it depends on a lot of different factors, and some of it I feel like is just random with the league's disciplinary. Yeah, uh, but it could be potentially a first round draft pick if 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 warranted. So, whatever whatever uh, the crypt keeper is up to, Adam Silver, yeah, <laughs> whatever he's thinking about uh, doing, that's you know that's going to be the punishment. Yeah, we'll see what happens with all that stuff. How long does it take to investigate that? Too do you do you know like how like do they wait to the beginning of next season or like when do these actual no, punishments come out? No, I feel like they'll out? be pretty. I feel like they'll be pretty quick. They'll get to the bottom. I mean, it either is or isn't, and then do you have the evidence if it is uh, to support it? And you know, it's not a criminal case, so really, there doesn't even need to be a whole lot of evidence, just enough to to make you think it happened. Yeah. All right. You sent me a t- question uh, over over text a while ago uh, and wanted to talk about contracts a little bit. Uh, specifically, you asked, what is a two-way contract? Yeah. And I had no idea. I'd seen that, you know, so-and-so signs a two-way contract. Well, what does that mean? Uh, very interesting because, you know, the, the, the G League exists and that is sort of the minor leagues of basketball. So players that are on the G League typically are not affiliated with a professional team. Any team could then sign that player that's not true for players that sign two-way contracts. The two-way contract allows that player to be both in the NBA and in the G League, but that team that signed them controls their rights. Uh, so gotcha. in some cases, actually in all cases, you're actually limited on the number of NBA games that a player can appear in. So let's say, for example, Ronnie, you signed a two-way contract with uh, – not the Suns because you would like that too much. <laughs> with the Spurs. With uh, – with the Spurs, oh. sure. <laughs> you signed a two-way contract with the Spurs. You could not appear in Spurs games. You could not appear in the more than 50 Spurs games. You could appear in G League games, and no other team could sign you because you signed a two-way contract with the Spurs. So you would be under Spurs contract control, 
they could send you to the G League. They could have you play uh, an NBA game, but they control your rights. Gotcha. This allows teams to have additional players on the roster, uh, up to two different, up to two additional players, without having to have a full time roster spot for them. Uh, so it gives teams a little bit more flexibility, and this makes sense for players that maybe aren't ready for the NBA yet. But you don't want another team to pick them up, so you sign them to a two-way contract. Hopefully, they'll develop in the G League uh, or within your organization. Uh, you control their rights. You're never going to see all-star players sign a two-way contract. It's always going to be those sort of fringe bubble, you know, ninth, tenth, eleventh guy off the bench sort of players that, uh, that are going to sign those two-way contracts. Yeah, when I see all these, um, all these uh, headlines, you know, saying that this player has signed for this much, and and then I come across that one that said. This player signed a two-way contract, and I'm like, well, what's that? <laughs> I didn't know, but it makes yeah. sense because all these good players, you don't hear them getting signed for two-way contracts. It's just like the G-leaguers, like you said. Right, and they it gives them a chance to continue to play basketball yeah. uh, at, a, at a higher salary. So the minimum is about half the rookie minimum salary, so it's about $50,000 a year. I'm sorry, $500,000 a year, uh, which, you know, pretty damn good money yeah. so they, they're yeah. able to develop and, and potentially get onto a, a, an nba roster so if that happens they have to resign uh an extension which would be you know then a regular nba contract no longer a two-way contract uh but yeah you're limited to 50 appearances in the nba game and you're not eligible to play in the playoffs so those are oh. the two big caveats for that okay. so if i sign a two-way contract i am not eligible to play in the playoffs Correct. They would have to change your contract structure to sign you, and then they would you would need a full time roster spot. So they would have to waive another player okay. uh, and give you a full time roster spot. So that's like how we waived Kaminsky right at the beginning of the playoffs, and then we signed I forget who it was, but we we filled that roster spot with with some other players. Yep. So exactly, gotcha. that would be the case there. And then we talked a little bit about max versus super max. And it's just a lot of money. It's crazy <laughs> how much money those makes. Yeah, so those guys make. When so. I saw, I'm I'm looking at Booker's contract. How you know he signed this this max uh, max deal. You know it's called. And then we're talking about like, or actually it was a super max deal. But then you know we're talking this whole time this year about Aiton. You know, and we're waiting to see what his contract is. Is he going to get a max contract? And and I'm thinking, well, no, he's not going to get a max contract because. Booker got like two hundred fifty million dollars, you know. And there's no way Aiton's worth that. So, and then I see the headline said, you know, Aiton got a max contract. And I'm like, there's no way we're paying that full, like Booker money. It's like there's no way. And so, yeah, if you could explain that to me, so I could better understand yeah. that, I'd appreciate it. So a max contract, some of it, the the contract amount depends on a couple of different factors. But one of them is how long you've been in the league. So DeAndre Aiton has been in the league less than six years. So when he signs a max contract, it is basically for 25% of the salary cap. That is going to be his salary. Mm -hmm. And he gets a, either a 5% or 8% raise each year. It depends on if you were signed. If you sign with a different team, it's 5%. If you sign an extension with your original team, it's an 8% raise every year. Uh, that is a max contract. When you go up to seven to nine years of service, a max contract is 30% 30, 30 of the total salary cap. That becomes your salary. And again, gotcha. five or eight percent raise depending on on where you are. Now, when you get to ten years of service in the NBA, you sign a max contract, it's thirty-five percent of the total salary cap. So the super max, what it allows players to meet certain criteria, being an MVP, being on the all NBA team, defensive player of the year, you know, there's a lot of different factors that kind of go into that. 
if you are eligible for a Supermax contract, it's still going to be 35% of the total salary cap, but you no longer have to have 10 years of service in the NBA. So uh, I don't know if you know, when did when did Booker enter the league? Has he been in the league for 10 years? Uh, Probably not, would you I, my guess? Yeah, I don't think so, but I, I will, I'll guess seven years. So he would not technically be eligible for 35% salary. Yeah, he has been in the year one. He's been in the league for seven years. So if he were to sign a max contract, it would be that 30%. But because he made an all-NBA team, he's eligible for the super max. So he's able to basically jump up ahead three years and pay uh, and sign that super max. So he'll be making 35% of the salary cap this this next year and then get an 8% raise every year after that. Well, that's cool. So that's got to motivate players to play good. Yeah, absolutely. And then there's a, a third piece of this, which was also very interesting, and it's referred to as the Rose Rule. So Derek Rose, fantastic player, especially in his younger days. Injuries slowed him down quite a bit. But he met some of the criteria for a Supermax, but he was still on his rookie contract. So they have this Rose Rule that allows him to kind of go to that in-between stage at seven- to nine-year players where he can sign a max contract that's worth 30%. So cool. if you're on your rookie deal and you meet the qualifications – uh, whether it, again, be MVP, um, All-NBA team, Defensive Player of the Year, you can qualify for that, which is, again, 30% of, of the total salary cap. So a lot of numbers there, but basically, if you're a good player, you're going to make a lot of money in the NBA. Yeah. And if you're a good young player, you'll qualify for a super max contract and basically make a third of the salary cap, a third of your team's allotted money. The dollars will be going to you, which is good and bad. It's hard to build a team when you have multiple max players yeah. because you don't have a lot of money left over to to pay those role players. And we see how important those role players are, uh, especially come playoff time. So does rookie of the year fall into that category? I, I wouldn't think it would because that's given out no, once a year. No, it does not. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's, you know, rookie of the year versus MVP. I mean, if you got rookie of the year and MVP, that certainly would count. Yeah. But yeah, typically the rookie of the year is not at the same level as yeah. some of the other qualifications of the Supermax. I, I honestly don't know if a defensive player of the year is. It might be. It probably is. Uh, but all NBA team is one of those. League MVP is one of those. Um, there's, there's a list of those of what, what qualifies that. So we, we saw. You know, Nikolai Jokic just signed a Supermax. Devin Booker got the Supermax extension. If Jason Tatum makes an All-NBA team again like he did this year, he would qualify for a Supermax extension and would become the highest paid player in the NBA. Got it. So I, I thought it was a little more simpler than that. I thought like maybe a Supermax deal was like just like $230 million. There was like some dollar mark. mark. And then like a max contract was like $190 million or but yeah, it's just uh, depends. Well, on it comes out to other... that, right? Because the salary cap, the salary cap is static. It's not a change. It changes yeah. from year to year. But it, you know, what the salary cap is this year. So uh, let me pull up in my old calculator app. So what is twenty? What is it? One hundred twenty-three million this year. Is it? Does that sound right? I don't know. So thirty point seven five million would be the max deal, and the super max would be forty-three million. So if we were to look up Devin Booker's contract. Or, or someone that signed the Supermax this year, mm-hmm. uh, they should be making $43 million, and then they get an 8% raise. So next year they'll be making $46.5 million, and then another 8% raise, $50 million. I mean, it goes yeah. up pretty fast. That's so, crazy. Yeah, it, as, the, as the salary cap goes up uh, every year, and, and it has gone up every year, uh, those 
max and super max contracts become more and more valuable. So that's some of the motivation why I think sometimes players are willing to sign a shorter contract because the salary cap might go up by more than the 8%. Uh, so from a math standpoint, it makes more sense to do that. If you don't think the salary cap is going to go up by more than 8%, then it makes sense to sign the longer terms uh, max contract. You remember working at the movie theater and they'd give us like a 15 cent raise. <laughs> oh yeah. That and we're talking, max raise. <laughs> yeah. We're talking to these guys with like, yeah, exactly. We're talking with like these guys getting an 8% raise and it's like millions yeah. of dollars. Ugh, so ridiculous. It is crazy. It's a lot of money to be had in the NBA. Uh, something that I learned as I was researching this as well is that the NBA has a 50-50 split of revenue. So revenue comes in, 50% of it goes to player contracts. That's what sets the salary cap. And 50% goes to the owners through you know the revenue sharing That's good. Uh, and all that stuff. So it's 50-50, which is, is really, really cool. The interesting thing is that it's not the same in the WNBA. Oh, how's that work? WNBA, yeah, the WNBA players get 20% of the revenue, and that has been a point of emphasis as they're trying to renegotiate their CBA. They feel they should be getting more than 20%. They should. They think they should be getting the same as, as the men uh, with that 50-50 split. The biggest caveat there is that the WNBA does not make money. They lose ten to twelve to fifteen million dollars a year, yeah. and it's subsidized by the NBA. So that sort of creates an interesting scenario where, you know, yeah, the NBA makes a lot of money, the WNBA does not. So should they be paid the same? And it's kind of a. My wife and I had a conversation about this, and I see both sides of it. I really, truly do. And at the end of the day, you know, I'm I'm all for players and, and and in this case WNBA players trying to get as much money as they possibly can, knowing that their their time in the league is is short as as yeah. it, is, it is with any professional athlete. So yeah, they the difference in revenue is is just absolutely insane. It's sixty million dollars in revenue a year for the WNBA versus eight billion <laughs> for the NBA. So the amount of money is just a a, a factor higher. Yeah. Um and it costs about 70 million dollars to run so that's your 10 million dollar loss. And you know, if you increase the revenue or I'm sorry, the share that the the players get in the WNBA then um owners are making less money and it's already a, a I don't want to say failing but already a loss already losing money. So at some point it becomes it doesn't make sense to continue the league. So that's yeah. the fear that I have is if they get it, then owners just might say, Well then I'm I'm not going it's not worth it. I'm losing money. I'm losing money every year. I'm not going to continue to do this and, and shut it down. So I'm sure they're balancing that as they go through these negotiations. But um Well, but if the yeah, NBA want- is helping these finances, if they're giving the WNBA all this extra money, why do the owners get eighty percent of it and the players only get twenty percent of it? Why isn't it a fifty fifty? Like the yeah, that's a good point. I just, I just don't understand that. It's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of billionaires arguing millions of dollars, yeah. which doesn't probably make sense. Uh, when you look at the average salary, the average salary in the WNBA is one hundred thirty thousand uh, dollars. The league minimum is fifty seven thousand dollars, and uh, the highest paid player is two hundred twenty one thousand dollars. So they're, they're making peanuts comparatively to their male counterparts. Uh, but when you compare the revenue, 
it's a huge difference. I don't know if that scales. I don't. I, I could do the math on that, but I won't. Uh, to see if that that matches with the revenue, right? Because in theory, yeah. that should scale. I don't know if it does. Certainly, ticket sales and TV contracts are a big part of that revenue. Um, so am it's I cheap? It's cheap to go to an NBA game. Yeah, for sure. In my personal opinion, I mean, the WNBA definitely doesn't put out as good of a product as a regular NBA. The WNBA only has twelve teams in the league too, so. I mean, what do you, I don't even understand the regular season to like whittle down these 12 teams to find like the four best teams. And then like you have a playoffs out of the, the four best. Like, I don't, I don't know how their yeah, playoffs work. It might be different, <laughs> but they don't like, we have more teams in the NBA playoffs than the WNBA has teams all together in a league. Yeah. So your point is either there needs to be more WNBA teams or less NBA playoff teams. Right. Yeah. And then, yeah, the product itself that they put on the floor, I mean, there's, it's not that exciting. So if people don't tune in to watch it. Then you don't have people wanting to pay for commercials on it too, because like, have you ever watched a WNBA game? Like really? Cause I honestly, I, I gave it a try. I was really excited when the WNBA came out. Cause I was like, Oh cool. We could watch women play basketball. Now that, that'll be cool. And I tried watching it, and I was just like, "This is boring. <laughs> like, there is nothing exciting so, about this at all." I watched the All Star Game one year um, because I was curious, and I don't, I don't even know where it is on TV. To be honest, I don't think it's televised very often. Yeah, uh, or if it is, I'm certainly not able to watch it. But you know, I don't watch a lot of NBA games live. I, I have to set my 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 DVR for that. Uh, it's hard, you know, as you get older and you have kids. Yeah, but. I, I have watched, you know, when the sun, uh, the Suns, when the Mercury drafted Diana Tarazi, I was interested in watching her play. When they drafted Brittany Griner, I was interested in watching her play. So I did yep. catch at least highlights uh, from that perspective. Uh, but yeah, there's 12 teams. And part of that, you know, you talked about the product. If they had more teams, they've kind of expanded and shrunk. Um, there wasn't enough professional level talent to field more teams. And there wasn't enough of a marketplace to have more teams. Yeah. Um, so that was part. That's part of the problem. Well, um, yeah, and it's not like there's a bunch of owners out there that are dying to get into a, owning a WNBA team when they're losing money every year. Exactly. Exactly. So it's a it's a little bit little bit tricky. Uh, but I I I didn't realize they've been around for so long. I didn't realize that they're not profitable. I mean, I speculated that the NBA was helping out a little bit, but I didn't realize how much. Uh, and it, it is it is shocking to see. The revenue differences between the NBA versus the WNBA. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they're they're working to try to get more money, and I'm I'm always on the side of of that, especially for athletes. Get as much as you can while you can, uh, because it won't won't always be there tomorrow. Uh, I mentioned the highest paid player in the WNBA makes two hundred twenty one thousand. Do you know who that is? Do you want to guess? It, There's two of them actually. I only have one of them. Okay, names so here. I was gonna guess Tarasi because she's been in the league the longest. It is not. It is Brittany Griner. Is it really two hundred twenty-one thousand? That is her her salary this this year. I don't I don't know if she's getting paid this year. Yeah, I guess. So let's let's switch gears a little bit to to Brittany Griner. Brittany Griner, if if you haven't been watching the news, she has been arrested in Russia. Um, and why is she in Russia? You might be asking. Well, a lot the league minimum being fifty-seven thousand. A lot of these women they go to Europe or they go to Russia to play basketball there because their money there is significantly better. And again, they're trying to get as much money as they can while they're able to play professional basketball. Uh, so she was in Russia playing for a Russian team when she was arrested. 
and she has pled guilty and she has been sentenced to nine years in a Russian prison. Yeah. Um, and it's sort of become this political wildfire. And definitely I, I feel for her because the crime that she committed is in America, most States, it's not even illegal anymore. Right. Uh, back when it was legal, it's like a, a slap on the hand, but to get nine years in prison, I think it was like marrow THC vape or, or something mm-hmm. like that. It was yep. just a little bit of, of that. So it wasn't like she was trying to sell it or distribute or anything like that over there. I think she is definitely a victim of the political climate that's going on. Yep. Um, now, she admits it, she should have taken it out. She didn't mean to bring it. It was unintentional. You know, It's illegal we're here in the United States, but obviously our laws don't apply when you're in Russia. Um, so I, she recognizes that it was a mistake, but God, nine years just seems absolutely insane. And I really feel for her and, and her family. Um, she's in russia yeah she's just stuck there okay so this is going to be a little bit of a rant i'm going to go on here i i feel like the news is really missing the mark here so they're focusing on Brittany griner being wrongfully detained right and how she's getting the max sentence and well yeah that's really extreme from our point of view from an american point of view but i think the news should be focused on why russia is trying to get this merchant of death guy back because they're talking about you know trading him for Brittany griner when you know, all she did was just smuggle in that that vape, right? Why does Russia want the merchant of death? But that's a whole other topic. I just, I don't understand why the news yeah, isn't focusing on that, you know? It's, it's, that's the political climate. And I guess depending on the news program that you watch, they might be, I don't know. I, I, I just have been following the Britney Gr- I knew that they were trying to do a prisoner exchange and the person yeah. that they wanted was like, an evil, evil person. Yeah. It was definitely not a fair exchange. It wasn't like Brittany Griner was over there murdering people. Um, and that's that's what they want back in exchange. So I don't know how that's all going to play out. I hope that they can come to an agreement and that they can, they can bring her back to America. I hope that other players from the United States that go to Russia to play basketball are are a little cautious knowing that it could be them they could they could manufacture some bs charge against any of them if they wanted to yeah um so i hope hopefully they're being careful and it just kind of goes to show that you know what might not be a big deal in one state or one country could get you into a lot of trouble everywhere so i i guess my (laughs) my two cents would be be safe be smart when you travel uh, that's just probably a pretty good rule of thumb across the board for sure do you remember that that kid that went to Singapore and vandalized cars and then he got sentenced to caning. It would probably be when we were both kids. No, I don't remember that. You don't remember that? Yeah, he, he vandalized cars with spray paint and his sentence was like six canes, <laughs> six lashes <laughs> or something so like cool. that because they do, they do capital punishment there. Yeah. And it became a big you know U.S. diplomatic thing. And you had those weirdos on the news who were like volunteering to go in his place to get whipped or, or <laughs> caned. Yeah. And it's just like, what is happening? That, <laughs> is that reminds me of that Simpsons so episode where Bart prank called some guy in a, some kid in Australia and then he had to get spanked in front of everyone, like in front of the whole – <laughs> I think that was written as a result of this oh, Singapore caning thing. I think, yeah. you know, The Simpsons was always what's in the news, what's in the yeah. going on in the real world and, and making fun of that, you know, kind of like South Park does. I think that what episode was a direct result of this the Singapore caning guy. Yeah. Okay, so I, I have an idea for Brittany Griner and the WNBA to turn this into a positive. You ready for this? Yeah. <laughs> so let's say she has a choice to be traded or stay. 
for a full sentence, right? So wouldn't it be something if she declined that trade? And I would become, I would become. <laughs> she doesn't have a no trade clause when you're in prison. <laughs> no, well, maybe. Like, what if isn't it, it's her sentence? So what if she, what if she had that choice? I'm just saying, what if no, they gave her the choice? Okay, so it's she doesn't have the choice. It's 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 way above her pay grade <laughs> as far as political and Sec uh, Department of State sort of stuff. But let's say hypothetically for the scenario that she did. Okay, I'm with you. Yeah, I was. So I just thought it would be really cool. I would have become a huge Britney Griner fan if she decided to stay in Russia instead of you know trading for this merchant of death. And then she'll become an American hero. So I, I just thought that would be cool for the WNBA to, to like turn it around. And you know what? I would actually buy WNBA season tickets for the Phoenix Mercury if she did that. I, no, I, I, I still want to go into any games, but I would support her decision. <laughs> uh, WNBA games cost on average $16.68 a ticket, which, which is awesome. So if you have young young kids that want to see a professional basketball game, it's much, much cheaper to go to a WNBA game than a, an NBA game. And maybe they're a lot of fun. I don't know. Uh, I should probably I should probably take my kids to one. They might enjoy it. You know, it. it's all about Actually, who you I go with. I know my kids would enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. If you go with fun people, then you're going to have fun. If you're going with crappy people, then, you know, what are you doing? Why are you hanging out with them? <laughs> yeah. Um. Last part on that, I just want to say, hey, at least she didn't get arrested in a different country for this stuff. Like the Philippines, they give you life of imprisonment for this. Um, if or like in other countries like Afghanistan, they'll they'll give you the death penalty for being a lesbian, and same with Saudi Arabia. And did you know in Brunei, they'll they'll give you death by stoning for being a lesbian. So I did not know that. So at least it could be worse. That's that's the silver lining <laughs> from Ronnie. That's gonna we're gonna make a T-shirt with Ronnie's face that goes, "It could be worse," <laughs> and he's gonna be having like a stone hitting him in the face or something. Yeah, it's just crazy to all these different laws that they have in the, in different countries that yeah we we just we don't know about it. You know, we're just so uh, what's the word about it? I don't want to I mean, like we're just used to how lucky we are to be living where we yeah. are. And absolutely, and and you know. If if you're in the U.S. listening to this, yeah, Ronnie's absolutely right. If you're not in the U.S. listening to this, I don't know the laws of your country. Hopefully, they're they're not as crazy as some of the other ones. Uh, but yeah, I absolutely agree. You you take for granted some of the, the liberties it. and freedom that you have in the United States. Yeah, that was the word I was looking for. We we take it for granted just living in the U.S. And then stuff like this happens, and we're like, it kind of it's a shock to us, and we're like, oh, she yeah. she's wrongfully detained and. Can we stop saying you that? Be, she was rightfully detained for the drugs that she, she had right, yes, in Russia. Yes, but she, it's just, it's a little, yeah. yeah if it, it happened here, then yeah, it would have been wrong Philly detained yeah. in certain A lesbian states. with pot in the United States is not a big deal. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, just, that's, just that's crazy. pretty normal for, for most downtown city centers. <laughs> right? I think that's going to do it for us today. Ronnie, anything you want to add before uh, we, we wrap up? No, that's all I had. I just want to get a couple of points out on that. I had a big old thing that I just shortened up. So no, we, we, we talked about it enough. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to the NBA schedule coming out. We've talked about this before. I, I feel like every day I have like a newsletter. I'm like, oh, is it going to be it? I'm like, oh, no, it's this Ben Simmons leaving the group text yep. story. I, yeah. I, that's nonsense. So I think everyone is sort of chomping at the bit to see the NBA schedule. Uh, see some resolution on this uh, Kevin Durant stuff, but but we did uh, find that's out. What I'm looking forward to. We did find out that the season starts on the 18th of October. The season starts October 18th, so mark your calendars. It's coming. It's gonna be here sooner than you know. So how many days away is October 18th? Yeah, we're like 40 days away from that. Don't think your math is right there, Ronnie. <laughs> <laughs>
What are you talking about? In fact, about? I know your day. Oh, I'm sorry. Add on 30 days to that. 90 days away, right? Wait, 70 days away. We're going to start a podcast called Ronnie Does Math. And uh, yeah, we're, we're 70 days away. Today's August 9th. At least that's when we're recording it. October 18th is 70 days away. 70 days until the NBA season kicks off. Uh, I am excited. I'm excited to see some of these teams. Yeah, especially the Pelicans, right? Basketball on TV. And Pierre the Pelican. You want to see him out there again? Pierre the Pelican. Look, is there a greater mascot in <laughs> basketball? Uh, if you know of a greater mascot, please leave us a message. Sounds great. to hear it. Benny the Bull. <laughs> you just name those are only three you can name so <laughs> the charlotte hornets guy <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're doing now the charlotte hornets guy the rockets guy the bucks guy the bucks guy is cool the grizzly guys he, uh, he's pretty cool i like him too yeah that's pretty cool too that's gonna do it for us tonight thanks for listening and we'll see you next time yep, thanks guys